This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I seriously love BetterHelp so much. They're one of my favorite sponsors, and I will tell you why I love them so much. When I started this podcast, I was going through a really rough time. I'm talking drug relapse, drug addiction, drug abuse, relationship issues, anxiety, depression. I was going through one of the craziest moves of my life, so therapy really helped me get through a lot of that. And online therapy is, in my opinion, even better than going to a therapist's office because, let's face it, our lives have changed the last year or so, and I just feel like online therapy is the best way to go. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating with them in less than 48 hours. They really do match you with, with a therapist so quickly. It takes, in my case, less than 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which might not really be locally available in all areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and it's super easy to access your account. You can log in, you can send a message to your counselor really at any time you want, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever you prefer. I like to do phone sessions sometimes because sometimes I like to, to go on a walk when I, go on, when I do my therapy sessions. It's really up to you. Traditional therapy can come with kind of a stressful energy attached to it. So I really love how BetterHelp is really controlled by the, the patient. If you want to connect with your therapist and communicate something with them, they have a journal feature, which I absolutely love. This journal feature has the option of sharing your journal entries with your therapist, but if you want to keep them totally uh, private and anonymous towards yourself, you don't have to share them with your therapist. But I really like this feature because for many of us, starting fresh with a new therapist gives us a lot of anxiety and it can trigger us. Um, so if you feel like that, you're not alone. I felt the same exact way because let's face it, a new therapist has to ask questions and try to get on the same page as where their client is. And sometimes rehashing our, our history of trauma and all the details can become kind of exhausting and a little bit annoying. So what I do when I start with a new therapist, like I did on BetterHelp, is I use the journal feature and I wrote kind of a lengthy email explaining to the therapist where what I've been through in the last few years, where I'm at right now, what I'm looking for in therapy, and what kind of therapy I've done, what kind of therapy I'm interested in, and what I'd like um, out of a therapist. So this is super important. If starting with a brand new therapist gives you panic or anxiety or stress, this is the most stress-free approach you could possibly do. I love how they matched me with someone with the experience and qualifications that I asked for. I personally asked for a therapist who had some experience with eating disorders, depression, and relationship trauma. Once BetterHelp matched me with my therapist, she messaged me right away and then I scheduled my first session with her for that week. The process is easy, effortless, and stress-free. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. So if you're going through a hard time right now, and let's face it, so many of us are, whether it's emotional turbulence, depression, anxiety, relationship issues, LGBTQ issues, Whatever it is, body image, self-esteem, BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com vibe. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, 
and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Vibe Within listeners, you get 10% off of your first month of online counseling at betterhelp.com vibe. That's betterhelp.com slash vibe betterhelp.com slash vibe go start online therapy dm me on instagram let me know how it's going and i hope that you get the help the support and the healing that you deserve welcome to the vibe within podcast i'm your host gab cohen each week we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness yoga addictions spirituality mental health rituals and everything in between the goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives my mission is to help others by shining awareness on real life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically emotionally and spiritually whatever you are going through in this moment you are not alone so let's connect and heal our vibe within. But how can I transform resistance, release that struggle and harm into calm energy? Hey guys, I'm back after a little hiatus, a little break, a little reset, a little pause of the solo episodes because the last couple months have been very transformative to say the least, Um, kind of stressful, kind of dark, it got dark, it did, it it got pretty dark um, this week, I'm not going to lie, but I'm feeling a little bit better today and I told myself if I'm feeling better, then I should get on here and and record. So I just want to say, first of all, thanks for everyone who messaged me, asking me how I'm doing, and then everyone who commented on my Instagram post about you know, just a little update about what I've been doing, about why I've been kind of to myself, why I haven't been recording um, so much of the podcast. And, you know, I've been processing a lot. I, I moved back to Miami. I completely changed my life and it happened very, very fast. Um, I just got an opportunity to move back to Miami and, you know, I, I finally have manifested a safe, secure, stable living environment, which if you know any of the stories that I've, you know, talked about on this podcast, especially about how two years ago when I moved out of Miami, I was scammed by a real estate agent left homeless, had to move uh, up north to Philly. It was a mess. Um, It was my Saturn return, dark night of the soul, tower phase of my life. And living scenarios and roommates and moving has always come with this traumatic kind of lens for me. And it's always been really hard for me to find a safe, secure, and stable environment. It always comes with drama. It always comes with uh, things going wrong. So I've been processing and I've been just allowing myself to kind of absorb this, uh, this new living environment that I'm in. And my mom helped me move. And that was um, kind of a a cool experience because I finally got the chance to just kind of hang out with my mom one-on-one without any other distractions. Um, She drove me to Miami with my cat and it was a nice, uh, stressful, but nice couple of days with her last month. So I've almost been in Miami a month and I just want to say when you go through a big transition or a big change, 
like the way that society pressures us to get back to normal and go back to work just like society is is right now with covid and now everything is going back to quote unquote normal or things are opening and people are going back to being social um this pressure of going back to being hyper productive and shaking it off and um we're all going through so many different changes some some changes are more intense than others moving is different than getting a different job um and a different job is different than breaking up with somebody or starting to date or you know going through some kind of emotional change or dealing with health issues like these are all changes these are all transitions and experiences that we're going through and I just want to preface this episode as you know it's so important to give yourself time to take a step back because I didn't realize that I was kind of running myself into the ground with my podcast and with um I was traveling for a few weeks and I was like constantly in this fight or flight mode of needing to do more needing to to prove myself to who I don't know um needing to produce content needing to do this needing to do that needing to work out and I was physically running myself into the ground um and I most recently have gone through another phase like that this month so that's what I'm kind of talking about this episode so that maybe I can help you not do what I've done and help you find different perspectives or different ways to deal with your stress um but I I do want to say that depression is real and right now especially we're in cancer season we just went through those eclipses we had mercury retrograde now mercury is going direct i am recording this on thursday which is the day of the full moon um full moon in capricorn and we're in cancer season so depression waves are normal depression is not a a mental kind of state that just stays forever. You could be clinically depressed and have days that you feel happy and normal, and you can be happy and normal and have days when you wake up and you feel like you should be clinically depressed or you should be um, on antidepressants. Um, Especially as a woman with our moon cycles and our menstrual cycles, Uh, I was just listening to an episode on The Blonde Files with Elisa Vitti, and she's like, you know, she's the woman code, and she's got all these books about hormones and regulating your your period, which I'm going to get a little bit more into in this episode, um, because I finally got my period back, but we don't realize as women that our mood, our metabolism, our energy levels our um our our just mental capacity changes with with each phase and no matter what gender you are you know male female non-binary doesn't matter um depression is a part of life and i was listening to an episode of insights at the edge and I will link it in the show notes, but this episode was really, really powerful. I listened to it the other night when I was in the bath, and I was just like, I felt so defeated um, on Tuesday, and I was just like, I felt like I couldn't function. I felt like my, I was just fatigued all day long. I was dealing with a huge wave of depression. It was just like a tsunami of depression, and I didn't know... I just when you get in those those moods and those those days you're like what's the point of doing anything you have no drive you have no motivation you have no um 
inspiration. You're just like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? What's the point of doing anything at all? You know, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to talk to anyone. I hate everyone. And it's like, that is not a fun place to be, not a fun mentality to live in. Um, But those phases and those mentalities and those moods are normal. It's just a part of life. And I think on those kinds of days when when my body, you know, is rebelling against me or it's has all these symptoms, um, what this woman was saying in this podcast episode about depression was symptoms are the body's way of communicating to us. Symptoms are the only way that the body can communicate to us that there's a problem, that there's something off, that something that we ate or did or saw or experienced or heard, whatever, um, had some kind of effect on us. So I had to sit there and be like, okay, what did I do? What? Why is this happening? Why do I feel like I got hit by a truck? And so this is what happened. <laughs> Last week, I got my period for the first time in a year. And I've been taking tinctures and herbs and all these things to to get my period back. And finally, I got my period back. The week or two before getting my period back, I felt like absolute shit. I gained like 10 pounds. I felt absolutely disgusting in my body. I was just like super anxious, super uncomfortable, like a couple pairs of my jeans like didn't even fit, like I'm hoping now that they'll fit because I got my period and things are starting to flow again, but it really, really affected me and I felt like I was losing my mind. I was like, this can't just be in my head, like I, I feel like my body is swollen and puffy and I just felt so, so, so crazy. And then, lo and behold, I had a really intense therapy session last Tuesday, so so like a week and a half ago, and right after the therapy session, I started to bleed. And the therapy session was intense because we were talking about, you know, really personal things. I was, you know, expressing really heavy things to her, Um, and then it just so happened that I got my period right after that and in the therapy session I was I was speaking to my therapist and saying look I feel fucking crazy right now I need to get my period it's been a year and I feel like my body is shutting down and I feel insane like emotionally physically I just felt so so not okay like and then I got my period and it's like it's almost like me speaking the words out loud signaled to my body that it was time to get my period because another thing that we talked about in that therapy session was that I'm safe and I'm secure and I'm stable at this moment in time at this phase in my life with my living situation with money thank god you know I I was able to save some money when I was living at home so even though it was really challenging living at home the fact that I was able to save money um, was was a benefit. Uh, and so in this therapy session, I was saying, I am safe, I'm stable, I'm secure. Like, I really just need to, like, tell my body and keep reminding my body that it's safe, it's, it's okay, it doesn't have to be stressed out. And lo and behold, after a 60-minute session of talking about it and, and releasing it, I got my my moon cycle back and it was an intense moon cycle I'm not gonna lie it was it's crazy um, experiencing you know a period after not having one for over a year Um, I've gone longer periods of time without a menstrual cycle and I I'll say it is torture because there is nothing worse than feeling like your body doesn't work and I started to lose my womanhood I started to feel like I was you know just a waste of space like 
my body isn't working, my digestion has been super fucked up, and it still is fucked up, but the fact that my body is starting to, to flow again and starting to turn on and starting to work, um, now I'm really hoping that a lot of my symptoms will start to ease out, but I definitely didn't um, rest as much as I should have during my period, and I'm going to talk a little bit about how important rest is, because I basically triggered myself to have a Hashimoto autoimmune flare-up, like, really, really bad. Um, and I'm the reason for it because I pushed my body to the limit. I pushed it to the edge and on my period, I felt like I had the energy and I basically took the fact that my body was working again, right? I was like, oh, wow, I got my period. Cool. My body's working again. I took that as a permission slip to go work out as much as I wanted because for the for a while I was trying to not work out a lot, not run, not do anything crazy because everyone was telling me that in order to get your period back you have to do less, you have to rest more and blah blah blah. So that's what I was doing. And my fucked up addict brain says, "Oh, you got your period. Okay, cool. That means you can go work out. You can go you can go exhaust yourself. You can go <laughs> it just it it makes no sense." But at the time, it made sense because working out is what helps me alleviate my anxiety. So I live right by Brickle Key and I go and I, you know, run or I walk or whatever. But for about a week, I was going and jogging, you know, and it's pretty hot out and it's, you know, you got to be careful. And I overdid it with sun exposure. I overdid it with how long I was working out. And the reason why I say this is because I actually just re-listened to an episode of the Huberman Huberman Lab. Um, Andrew Huberman, he has an episode about, I want to say it's it's the episode about thyroid. Or it could be about the the episode about fat loss. But he breaks down, um, like working out and hormones and duration of workouts and how you're actually not supposed to work out for longer than 60 minutes like anything after 60 minutes like your body is just going into survival mode fight or flight like stress and I was walking and jogging for a couple hours at a time losing track of time listening to podcasts emailing people calling people like like a psycho like that's what that's like addict behavior you know losing track of time and and doing things that quote unquote are good for the body but there's a balance you know and I was taking it to the extreme and I would think oh wow okay I feel good I feel like I just drained all of my anxiety out of my body but what I was doing was also depleting my energy, my, my adrenals, my digestion, my hormones, my, my mood. And it's really hard to find balance sometimes as, as someone who has an addictive personality um, and especially with a history of eating disorders and drug abuse and, and OCD, um, it's hard to find a balance with working out because on one hand, working out makes me feel better, it helps my depression, it helps my anxiety, but on the other hand, it really does negatively affect the body, especially when you're trying to heal your hormones, especially when you're trying to get your moon cycle back, especially when you are dealing with an autoimmune disease like lupus or Hashimoto or hypothyroidism or anything, um, Lyme, anything. So it's like a double-edged sword, you know, and you've really got to be careful um, for anyone who's listening who is dealing with depression and autoimmune disease because the things that, that all these wellness podcasts and YouTube channels tell you to do to help your depression, 
is movement, is exercise, is movement, is, is uh, lifting weights, <laughs> weightlifting, strength training, and yes, that's all really good and healthy, but for people with autoimmune disorders, that is a stress, um, it's basically an energetic dysfunction of the body. The body has been so stressed that um, things start to turn off. Digestion, uh, menstruation, brain function, metabolism. So all these things start to turn off, right? And it's because of the stress levels that the body has been through. But the mind still tries to say, no, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, got to do that, got to listen to what this person's saying, got to listen to what that person's saying. But I got to say, resting and doing less is the only way that we will heal from our our flare-ups and our Hashimoto's and thyroid and autoimmune flare-ups and symptoms because when the body is getting stressed, that's when all the symptoms come through to communicate with us. So when I was, you know, this week, today, again, I'm feeling a little bit better today, but the beginning of the week all through yesterday, I was feeling swollen, puffy, my face was swollen, my throat was swollen. I looked I looked like disgusting. I just looked horrible. My stomach was bloated. I, you know, felt weak. My joints were swollen. My legs were swollen. Um, I had a migraine. I could not function. I could not function. I was literally brain dead. And, you know... I really had to sit down for two days and not do anything. I had to go outside and get sun and sit by the pool. I had to lay with my legs up the wall. I had to listen to podcasts that were soothing. Nothing um, too high energy, nothing too crazy. Um, I had to listen to things. The The two podcasts that I listened to the most of is Insights at the Edge and The Blonde Files just because... Arielle Lore, um, who was actually on my podcast last year, she talks a lot about this stuff, about digestion, hormones, drug addiction, mental health, food, obsession, eating disorders. So I really needed to honor my body and listen to these things that were also going to ingrain that same message. I can't, I can't, you know, say, okay, I'm going to rest for two days and feel guilty about it and say, oh my God, I can't believe that I need to rest for two days. Um, And I I needed to stop watching things and listening to things that were making me feel bad about myself. So when I was on my period, I decided that I was going to watch, I was going to binge watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians because I have not been keeping up with the Kardashians and I felt like I would get something out of it I don't really know so I started with like the 7th no not 17th I started with like whatever season it was in 2017 and I gotta tell you that I did not feel good after watching um as much of that show as I did because it basically is ingraining into my brain that my life is minuscule and meaningless compared to these people. The Kardashians are not a normal, um, a normal way to compare ourselves to. They a normal a normal day in the life of a Kardashian is going on a photo shoot for Calvin Klein or having like several photo shoots. It's just like going on vacation, like. I I just it's so toxic it's so so toxic and it got me into this dark place of wow I'm alone I'm sitting in my room all alone and that's what reality tv is it's you're watching people on the show connect with other people have intimate experiences with other people 
like The Bachelor and, and The Bachelorette, you're watching people have intimacy right in front of you, but you're alone and you're watching that. And it's like, you're, when you turn it off, you're reminded of how alone you are and how dull you feel and how it's just so toxic. Um, so I'm done watching that show. I'm probably not going to ever watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians ever again because of how shitty it makes me feel. Um, it will make you judge your body, your face, your beauty, your wellness, your money situation, your career, your family, your relationship, your kids. <laughs> it will make you compare everything, every, every facet of your life. And that is not where we're supposed to be energetically like our frequency needs to be elsewhere um and so (laughs) a show that I do love that I think you would probably that you probably already watched but it's Dave on on Hulu that's a good show um and I've been getting more watching more tarot readings um stuff like that stuff that isn't going to fry me and make me feel completely shitty about myself um another thing that triggered my complete fatigue and adrenal like malfunction is I tried one of those celsius drinks and I did not know that there was so much caffeine in them. I thought that they were just kind of like a a drink that helps you burn fat or something. I didn't really put two and two together that it was all caffeine, but I drank one and so I was on my period last week and I decided, hmm, I'm going to go to CVS and I'm going to buy some Celsius because I see everyone with Celsius in their hands and I'm wondering why is everybody so obsessed with Celsius and now I can honestly say that I understand why people are obsessed with it because it's crack in a can. I drank one Celsius and I felt like I had done two huge rails of coke. Um, I was like on an Adderall binge. That's what it made me feel like. I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm going to clean. I'm going to do this. I I needed to smoke like two CBD joints back to back. Um, And I think that the Celsius is literally what, what triggered my adrenals, my, my hormones, my mood to, to plummet because I don't drink caffeine like that anymore. I actually weaned myself off of it. I stopped drinking caffeine altogether. I don't drink caffeinated coffee. Um, Sometimes I'll drink a matcha, but I don't drink caffeine anymore because I had to stop drinking caffeine because of my hormones, of my Hashimoto, of my thyroid issues. Caffeine is really not good for anyone who is dealing with adrenal fatigue or hypothyroidism or or autoimmune so the fact that I went from zero to a hundred to the celsius crack in a can um I was just like wow this is this is literally insane people are drinking crack from a can and working out and it's funny because one of my friends who is uh who's sober he was an alcoholic so i don't think he ever had a crazy problem with like amphetamines but i messaged him and i was like yo dude holy shit like i just gotta say celsius is crazy (laughs) if if anybody works for celsius and they listen to this episode they're gonna be like all right noted we're not sponsoring the vibe within um (laughs) But I was like, dude, Celsius, I feel like I'm on crack. And he was like, oh my god, I love them. They're so good. It's like I'm addicted to them. And I'm like, wow, like, they are addicting. And like, everyone is addicted to something, right? Whether it's running, Celsius, Coke, Adderall, Xanax, drinking, whatever. Um it's crazy. It's really crazy. But I, I really do think that that's what triggered a lot of my symptoms because my my body was like, okay, wait a second. 
we're starting to work we're finally we finally got the period going and now you're gonna go and fuck it up by ingesting 200 plus milligrams of caffeine and then you're gonna go work out every day and it's like my body was just like everybody shut down she's still fucking crazy (laughs) like like it's it's like I I just fucked it up I really fucked it up and all of my behaviors led me to the darkest depressed day on Tuesday and I literally cried for an entire hour this Tuesday um, with my with my therapist who I love dearly and I'm really sad because she is going on maternity leave so I'm gonna have to stop talking to her for a while but um she is the first therapist that I've had who specializes in eating disorders and disordered eating and she has been um a very very helpful support in my life and she's also like really into spirituality and Ayurveda so I can't stress it enough how important it is to find a therapist who specializes in whatever it is that you're needing and I know that money is sometimes an issue but if you are struggling with say an eating disorder and you need to find a therapist who it takes sliding scale or does a sliding scale fee you could actually email um, most of these eating disorder foundations or recovery centers and ask them if they know of anybody who any therapist in the area who does who does sliding scale so there's always a way to reach out and there's also free support groups there's free support groups for depression anxiety eating disorders Al-Anon NA AA they're all online now especially the Dharma recovery ones most of them are still online Um, you just go to dharmarecovery.org and it should give you a list of all of the online zoom meetings those have been really helpful Um, now that I'm back in Miami I'm actually trying to find in-person AA or NA meetings just because I need to start being around people more and the online support group thing was helpful um, until it wasn't and I do um, I was going to disordered eating support groups um, online and I kind of had to stop because they began to trigger me really, really, really deeply. Um, Eating disorder meetings are just different. (laughs) It's a different kind of energy. It's a different group of folks. I feel like I fuck with people in the NA and AA meeting groups in those rooms. I just, I vibe with those people more because... I just do. I don't know how to explain it. Um, But if you're struggling with an eating disorder and you uh, feel like you need support but you don't want to go to eating disorder meetings, go to AA or go to NA because you can still talk about your eating disorder there. They are not judgmental of that and you can be totally honest and it's a safe space. So we really have to think about our behaviors and this was all a lesson for me to see again (laughs) that my behaviors and habits um, that I think are good for me can actually work against me when they are done excessively so take that for what it is and insert whatever it is whatever behaviors and habits that you think are good for you but when you reach a certain point they are actually toxic it could be drinking too much caffeine it can be drinking too much alcohol it could be shopping it could be sex it could be you know toxic relationships it could be drugs it could be pills it could be wine it could be literally anything so just take that into consideration and our bodies are it's, it's our vessel, and sometimes we really think that we are, it's mind over matter, you know, mind over matter. No, 
like when the body is involved, when the body needs healing, when the body is in a deep stressful situation, no, it's not mind over matter. It's actually body over mind. It's actually, okay, now the body is so fed up that you're not going to be able to leave bed for a few days. Now the body is so fed up that you're not going to be able to open your eyes in daylight for a few days. Now the body is so fed up that you're not going to be able to, to, to digest a salad because your body's functioning is turning, is just shutting off. So we really have to understand our limits. And with that, um, when we can understand our limits, when we can be more compassionate to ourselves, when we can rest even when our mind is saying no you have to go work out that is inner strength that is healing sometimes not doing the thing that our mind says that we should do because society is pressuring us to do it or that that fitness podcast is pressuring us to do it that is healing that's listening to our body and Compassion is something that I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about as well. Kristen Neff is a meditation teacher, and I believe she's a psychologist, and she was on the Blonde Files podcast. She's been on several podcasts recently about her new book, and she's like the the self-compassion queen. She's all about self-compassion and talking to ourselves better and this has been a theme in my life that I've been trying to figure out because I have this bully in my brain and I talk to my therapist a lot about this bully voice and a lot of this bully voice is you know rooted from childhood and the eating disorder or addiction or toxic relationships that have ingrained these these ideas and these beliefs and these perceptions of myself but self-compassion is really about lowering the volume of that inner bully voice um sorry if you can hear beeping outside I'm living in kind of a loud area but um it's about consciously turning down that bully voice within you um and understanding that that bully voice isn't all of you and sometimes you have to intervene because I'll say it firsthand I talk to myself like shit I talk to myself really really poorly Um, I judge myself really really intensely I talk to myself as if I hate myself sometimes and I wouldn't talk to to any of my friends the way that I talk to myself but for some reason I talk to myself this way and what Kristen Neff talks about is being fierce fiercely compassionate to yourself and treating yourself as if you are your own friend like how would you talk to your friend would you tell your friend oh you fat fuck or would you tell your friend I can't believe how fucking stupid and clumsy you are (laughs) because sometimes that's how I speak to myself and it's not okay and I know that whoever's listening there's gonna be moments where you talk to yourself like shit and it's like would you say that to anyone else in your life would you want anyone in your life to 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 see that darkness come out of you that judgmental bully probably not so when that voice comes in it's like you have to really step in front of that voice step in front of that bully and and be like listen you are not serving me you're actually stressing me out you're actually diminishing my worth um and I'm still working on this so I'm probably not the best person to talk talk about this so definitely go check out Kristen Neff her website she has a ton of um, guided meditations about self-compassion and they're all for free so what else 
talking about symptoms did that. I'm like checking these things off of my list. We talked about symptoms and how they are the body's communication signal um, when something's wrong. Cognitive distortions, that's basically, um, so this bully voice that says, nobody wants to be around you, nobody wants to be friends with you, you're disgusting, who wants to hang out with somebody who is so obsessive like you or whatever, that's a cognitive distortion because cognitive distortions are um, taking it to the extreme, um, coming up with some crazy conclusion. I'm actually going to look, look it up because I have a picture in my phone of all the cognitive distortions that my my therapist um, sent me. So one of them is all or nothing thinking. You look at things in absolute black or white. Overgeneralization, you view a negative event as a never-ending pattern of life. Uh, mental filter, you dwell on the negative and ignore the positives. Number four, discounting the positives. You insist uh, that your accomplishments or positive qualities don't count. Jumping to conclusions, that's pretty self-explanatory. Magnification or minimization, um, you blow things out of proportion or you think that their importance is inappropriately, um, it's inappropriate. So number seven, emotional reasoning. You reason from how you feel, I feel like an idiot, so I really must be one, or I don't feel like doing this, so I'll put it off. Um, number eight, should statements, you should, you ought to, blah, blah, blah. Labeling, um, you identify with your shortcomings instead of saying, I made a mistake. You might tell yourself, I'm a jerk, I'm a fool, I'm a loser, I'm a piece of shit. And then number 10, personalization and blame. You blame yourself for something you weren't entirely responsible for or you blame other people um, or and overlook ways that your own attitude and behavior might counter, counter contribute to a problem. So that's the, the list of cognitive distortions. And chances are, whenever we're feeling off, we are trapped in a cognitive distortion. You know, when we are feeling good and we're feeling, um, we're feeling in flow and we're feeling inspired, we're usually not caught in a cognitive distortion. But there's 10 main cognitive distortions and every one of us is trapped in one or two or three or 10 every day. So just keep that in mind. Um, I don't want to make this episode too long, so I'm just going to end it here. <laughs> um, main takeaways that I want you to remember, don't watch reality TV if you're depressed. Um, get outside, journal. Right now I'm reading The Artist's Way. I bought a d disposable camera and I'm going to take pictures with that and I'm doing a little project. Doing anything that is expressive or creative will help. Um, other big takeaways, obviously, listen to your body. Don't work out too much, especially if you're dealing with a stress disorder or an autoimmune disease. Stress is going to make you feel worse and it's going to create symptoms in your body. Depression is real. Um, even if you're not clinically depressed, you can still have weeks or days where you feel very dark, uninspired, disenchanted, dull, lack of motivation. It's normal. But um, like I was saying in the beginning of the episode um, about the episode about depression um, that I was listening to on the Insights at the Edge podcast she was talking about doing these micro movements towards um, feeling better and if you can do a micro movement anything take a walk um, go get a cup of coffee at the coffee shop 
go by the water, journal, call a friend, you know, go to the gym, whatever it is, take a yoga class, whatever it is to make yourself feel better, even if it's just a micro movement, um, that micro movement will lead you to bigger, bigger sensations of feeling better and when you can feel a little bit better, you can start to feel a little bit better, better, and better, and better. So um, what I'm going to do today to make me feel, to make me move towards micro movements of feeling better is I'm going to journal, I'm going to take a walk, I'm going to um, write my friend Christy a letter and my grandmom a letter. Um, and I am going to probably watch a tarot reading and I did this podcast and this also makes me feel better because I am connecting with you guys and hopefully helping you guys. So, uh, thank you for listening to this episode and feel free to reach out to me. And I hope that you have an amazing full moon and an amazing weekend and just do whatever you can in these micro movement ways to lower the damn volume of that bully in your brain. But how can I transform resistance, release that struggle and harm? to calm energy Well I will make something out of nothing Nothing at all You will hear me sing from the skies above ah, Check All I have is love So I let it out Dancing to the sun Until the stars come out I don't care how it looks how it sounds Alchemize that pain I got a brand new brain I got a brand new brain I got a brand new brain